Sounds like football, baby. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I am your host, Jake Rip. You can find me on Twitter at JakeTakesFF. And joining me as always, folks, you know him. You love him. You can find him on Twitter at KyleMonth8. But he's on this show every single week, all year round. Folks, give a big round of applause for Kyle August. The pe- the people's host. That's what we like to call myself around my house. Uh, but <laughs> I always feel so weird when I stop the the uh, studio audience applause like on a dime. It's just like ah, I meant to fade that out a little bit. It's a little too robotic. How are you doing, Kyle? Month eight, bro. Doing good. Pumped to be talking with you again. We're actually it was it's been less than a week because we recorded a day a day or so later last week. But uh, yeah, man, been uh, been good. Followed up Fourth of July weekend with a uh, guys trip. Went camping this week. It was this so a uh, lot of fun. It was cool, but I kind of lost my voice. <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't come across too weird. But uh, dude, definitely pumped to be back here talking some football with you. How long were you out camping? Uh, two days technically. So okay, that was good. it. But then, then that warrants the question because we talked a little bit about your camp trip when you went out or, or before uh, before we jumped on here, mm. and you said you weren't exactly roughing it, but no. you were in a tent. So is this one of those poop in the woods type situations? Oh, hell no. No, that, that we don't even rub it that much. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's pretty much an excuse to just drink beer outside, but also sleep outside without, you know, everyone telling you that you passed out. Well, where do you go to the bathroom at? Is it outside of a holiday? They, got, they, got, they got, they have bathrooms there. I mean, they're, they're not, uh, oh. I wouldn't want to just, I wouldn't want to go in there all the time. It's a porter potty with a light bulb in it, but uh, yeah, bro. I mean, it's that, but that's it. That's my one time a year. But I'm I'm an indoor indoor human. It's just yeah yeah I'm very much the same way an indoor human. Um, I'll be that way the whole way up until and through the football season. Uh, that being said, man, we're one one Monday closer to kickoff. I, I should have checked out to see how many more days we have to go. Count down the days. Less than a month till preseason starts, man. Oh, it's so hard for me to get excited. Don't even tell me about the preseason. I hope that I just miss it. And it just It's not on my timeline. I have a hard time believing that considering all I follow is fantasy football accounts. Well, the worst part is for like the 15th consecutive year or whatever the hell, the Cowboys are in the Hall of Fame game, which is like an extra preseason game. So this year, there's only three weeks of preseason. So the Hall of Fame game is that team's fourth. And then in other years, it's been their fifth game, right? And you get all like hyped. You're like, you know, because I'm like, oh, your team's on. Bro, they ain't nobody out there. These guys literally were running the concession stands the next week in in uh, Cowboy Stadium. So, yeah, unfortunately, it gets here even quicker for me. I'm almost hoping that they uh, just f up the field again with their weirdo paint or whatever that one they did that one year. Do you remember that? The weirdo paint. No, that yeah, was they, they 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 painted the field like the day before with like some like the wrong kind of paint, and it like made the field unplayable. So they just had to cancel the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one one quick way to get out of a game, I suppose. Exactly. That was a good strategy. We were all actually saved from that. So that was that was probably better off. Uh this uh so what are we at here? July July twelfth. This this is the time of the year where I'm just I'm 
I'm brutally addicted to mock drafts. You said yourself you're in one. You got into another dynasty league. You refer to it, I think, as one last dynasty league or something along those lines. Yes. I'm not sure I buy that. We'll see if you're able to hold off until uh, August, whatever, or September, rather. Yeah. Um, but but again, I, I, uh, I'm trying to get in as many as I can. It almost is like an, an addiction thing. Some people are addicted to looking at their Twitter I'm opening up uh, Draft Wizard nonstop going through there and just trying to see how many drafts I can rock out in 10 minutes. Is there a preferred place where you like to do mock drafts or do you mock often? I guess we'll make that a two-parter. Yeah, I mean, usually around this time is right when it really starts going. I like Fantasy Pros. Uh, the Yeah, their Draft Wizard tool is super helpful. Um, I, I And I really like Sleeper as well. You, uh, I don't really like it if I'm just doing it by myself as much. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is you can get multiple people in there. So, uh, we'll probably, I'll, if you're following me on Twitter, I usually in August throw out there a few times trying to get some user, uh, you know, mock drafts. So it's not always against just ADP data, but, uh, it's man, you got to, you have to be getting a feel for the room because some of these guys, you know, you definitely discover guys that you thought you really liked, but the price tag isn't there, um, uh, which is might be what we're kind of talking about today. I feel these guys, but uh on the flip side too there could be guys who are like man i don't really love him but he's available every time at this pick or this round or whatever so you can start to get that feel so that's just as important um you know having that feel for the draft room uh compared to you know where you have these guys ranked but um yeah i usually use fancy pros or sleeper but i always recommend like if you're playing on a site that you haven't played on this year yet you haven't done a draft on i always recommend doing two or three mock drafts on that specific site too so you can really get a feel for it because those uh those site rankings will throw things off or you know you gotta make notes on like oh this guy's a little bit higher this guy's lower you know you can see you know where those guys might adjust based off of the website but uh yeah those are my those are my preferreds yeah i love i, I think what you said is perfect like i love sleeper to draft on like they're my go-to draft from like my, my main draft my real real regular season league <laughs> the main draft. squeeze yeah i got you. yeah but uh <laughs> and it, and they're good for mock drafts you you know you worded this so much better than i did but when you're when you're drafting against computer and it's just you mm. it's dude it's tough sleeper if you're listening you got to get this one figured out i tried to do a mock draft with my brother i was just like hey man i'll send you a link let's do a super flex mock mm. draft just to kind of get a vibe where we where we chat and uh I thought I had a steal. You know, I got Pat Mahomes with the fourth overall pick or something. I'm like, fantastic. My team's off to a great start. And then the computer picks roll around two straight, two rounds of no quarterbacks. Yeah. The entire way back to me. It's like, it would, it would just never happen that way. I had to leave the draft. Uh, And I even tried like tricking sleeper. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'll go into the settings and I'll make it two quarterbacks and a super flex just to make make the computer (laughs) want to take a quarterback earlier. It didn't work. Then I, got, I got super aggressive and made it a six quarterback league with two super flexes and it, it still it still didn't work it, it was just I, I took pat mahomes in the first round and the computer would have none of it they were zigging where i would zag you could say so uh yeah sleeper get that mock draft figured out what are you doing but uh yeah i, I love both of those spots for mock drafts uh let me get a quick little psa in here before we get cooking that uh, you can take your fantasy football SmackDown experience to the next level by simply subscribing, pardon me, to the DWZ YouTube channel uh, and joining Kyle and myself every single Monday night as we scratch and we crawl our way into the regular season. Uh, Both of us here on YouTube tonight sporting our 
our go-to NFL teams, which is a rare occurrence, which <laughs> you might be surprised on this show. You'd think that a, a fantasy football show would be constantly decked out in football memorabilia, but it's more or less baseball stuff. And uh, I got this picture of Marc-Andre Fleury behind me. Uh, I got some NASCAR uh, crap on the wall right here. Right yeah, I was there, some, some NASCAR stuff. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, well, we came uh, sporting some NFL gear today, so uh, jump on YouTube if you haven't already. And you know what? I got to, uh, at some point in this show, I, I, I have to send Andrew Camp- Campy yeah. a, a shout-out here on Twitter. Let him know that we're going live here, one of our DWZ loyals. Uh, but I'm liking the backdrop we got rocking here on the on the YouTube with the football field. You dig it? Yeah, man, we lucked out because I uh, had to switch some stuff in the background and like, oh, there we go. We got a football one now. So now it's official. It's not just the black blob that I was choosing before for whatever dumb reason. But uh, yeah, Andrew gave me crap last week because we didn't give him a shout out. He is on here all the time. And, and uh, so and and I did post on Twitter this afternoon what time we were going live. So I've been, I'm working on that, guys. But uh, if you guys ever check us out on YouTube, man, it's a good time. We appreciate you guys checking in live. And, uh, you know, last week you got the show two days early then. So, but even on a normal week, you get it, get just uh, every Monday night uh, before that pod drops on Tuesday in the AM. So looking forward to uh, continuing to do stuff here. We're going to do some mock draft stuff, I'm sure, which is definitely where you would be watching those on YouTube because that way we can do the, see the whole draft board and everything. And, uh, got a few of those in the, in the works here coming up soon as we get closer to the season. How's your transition been to the silver screen going from just strictly podcasting for as long as you were to now getting that big, beautiful face uh, on camera for everyone to see? Uh, oh, man, for real. Uh, I hate I I am not a big fan of the video, but it's what you got to do now these days, which is fine. Uh, Kyle, the, the people want it. Hey, I get it. I get it. They can have it. I, they want to see my mug. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is weird. It takes it's an adjustment for sure because you're used to actually just talking into nothing for a long time, especially like when you're having guests and stuff on. You don't really get to like see these guys, but it definitely makes it more, you know, interactive. And uh for doing a podcast face to face for so long, too, you know, it gives you more of that feel versus just audio. So um and uh and yeah, especially I know I even check out the Warzone guys on the YouTube channel now, sometimes more than I even on the uh on the podcast apps, just because I gotta see. I gotta see that. Uh, I gotta see that Jerry Sinclair. You know, yeah, just rocking, oh. rocking that that DWZ hat always. So, oh, I mean, dude, don't forget about Memphis. <laughs> we got man. We gotta have a drop throwdown here soon. We will. It's guaranteed. It'll be going down right here. Kyle, I think you mentioned that what we're already what we're talking about this show. We're going to be talking about some uh, potential twenty twenty one bust candidates keeping this the i don't know the streak rolling here what are we talking about we did sleepers last week bust this week we might get to a little bit of breakout action uh next week uh but before we do and you know typically i'd like to go into a little bit of nfl news or whatever might be on the table for us and uh our biggest headlines since last week are Nikhil harry is disgruntled and albert wilson quote has the edge over alan hearns in miami so oh, jesus i literally if you feel that there's no what, you what i was gonna say jalen waddle i didn't or, even know what the hell you were talking like who the hell is albert wilson i'm like if that are you sure that headline is not from like fuck like 2017 like it might have been i might have it's might it might have been a while a couple of years since i refreshed my phone no actually I'll, I'll have to double check that one i wouldn't have you could have given me five guesses on which team either of those jamokes were on and i would 
No, it's a, it is a funny headline, too, that they went out of that way to post that headline like that. He has the edge over uh, Alan Hearns in Miami, like for what? The wide receiver five spot? I didn't, I didn't even know. I, I didn't even know Alan Hearns was still in the league. I thought that didn't he have like a grass allergy or something? I don't like last time I heard about him. I thought he had like a grass allergy and he's like aller- allergic to jerseys and pads or something. <laughs> there, there's my fun fact for Alan Hearns, guys. Oh uh, Jesus, that was that went in a weird direction. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna bring it back real quick here. Since there is no player news, I thought it would be fun to talk about this player debate real quick before we get into our our bus. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've I've had this come up on more than one occasion since we did our DWZ mock uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and in the first round, there again, I wish I could have been present for this, but lightning storm knocked me out cold. Um, I had four, the fourth overall pick and went with Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. and I took Dalvin Cook over Saquon Barkley, and that was the I don't know the minority pick in the room. It sounded like everyone else was on board with Saquon as the pick right there, and it didn't seem like it was very close. I guess like or up for debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I read that wrong, but it, I, I'm curious. Um how you feel about those two and maybe just let me know like where they are in your rankings, your top five rankings. Uh, Cause you might've even said there was a couple other guys you would, you'd take ahead of Dalvin cook. I think you might just be a Dalvin cook hater. I am a, I am a big time Dalvin cook hater. Apparently uh, <laughs> this crowd is out of control here. Um, <laughs> I would say I don't want to be picking at one Oh two, one Oh three, one Oh four. I don't want any of those picks because I think it's CMC and then a blob of running backs. So I just want whatever the last one is. Um, for me, JT and Zeke are right there with the guys you mentioned. Uh, you know, Cook or Barkley. Derrick Henry's going to be in there in non-PPR leagues. Maybe he's a little bit at the end of that group in PPR. Alan Kamara is another one that we've talked about on the show through the summer. As a concern, like two through like seven are all kind of smushed together for me. So uh, th- definitely going to be watching the news. I think Saquon already came out and said he's not committing to being 100% or blah, 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 and all this. Like, you know, on the injury front, you know, you got to keep an eye on that. You know, we've seen injury news influence people to, you know, fade players. And then, you know, maybe week one or two, they're not 100%, but they are the rest of the way. And those are guys you want. So for me, Barkley is still a top six, seven running back, as is Dalvin Cook. Um, I guess the bigger thing is like I mentioned is like, I don't really prefer any of them over the others. Um, you know, I'll definitely, I'll, I like Dalvin cook fine and Saquon fine, but it's just, uh, that's just a pick. I don't want to have to make, like if I can pick my draft position, it's either one one or probably six or seven, depending on, you know, if you want a running back or if you want Kelsey, I guess, um, then you can maybe even slide a little bit later. But I think that's the biggest takeaway that I got from that mock draft. Other mock drafts I've done is that, those early running backs, while still all good, I don't really even think there's like a clear-cut 102. You could choose whoever the hell you want, and I'm not really going to argue with you. Yeah, I know what you mean by not wanting that pick. Jerry actually was the pick right after me, and I remember just thinking, like, I was envious of the fact that he didn't have to make this decision. Like, he was going to have either Saquon or Dalvin Cook just fall right into his lap. Yeah. Um, if I may, I think I, I'll defend the pick a little bit here, because mm-hmm. at first I, I, I was kind of jumbled up in my own head about it. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I would have picked Saquon if this was a real-time draft. I don't know mm-hmm. why I made that pick. Uh, and then I thought about it, and the way I approach drafts, like I have pretty much a zero-risk tolerance policy, in, especially in round one. Like Round one through four, 
I'm not taking many chances. But in round one, I am going to take the biggest slam dunk that I think I can I can take at whatever pick mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's it's probably undeniable to say that Saquon's got the higher ceiling of the two. We saw those stupid receiving numbers in his rookie season. Uh, I brought those up here. 90, 90 for 721 and four touchdowns. Jeez. But let's keep in mind those numbers co- come from a uh, an old Eli Manning, 120 Eli Manning targets in 2018. And we we already saw those numbers drop in, in 2019. He saw... 5.6 targets in 2019 compared to his 7.6 uh, when he was a rookie. And, you know, we talk about Daniel Jones and his mobility all the time, but just one more variable that you think would negatively, negatively, negatively affect uh, uh, Saquon's receiving upside. And then how about all the additions they made on that, that offense, bringing in an alpha receiver and Kenny Galladay and spending the high draft capital on Kadarius Tony. So you would imagine they'd want to get him involved. Um, point being, I just have a hard time. Like, I think a lot of people think the Saquon's just going to be that automatic guy again. Like if he just gets the 16 healthy games, which is a big, if like you said, we don't even know if he's going to be healthy and he doesn't know if he's going to be healthy. So it sounds heading into this season. Um, and, and I think he's going to be healthy. And if I was going to bet on it, I think Saquon's going to have a fantastic season. We're talking about busts on this episode. I don't think he comes close to busting at that ADP. I think he mm-hmm. is just short of a slam dunk, but I think Dalvin Cook is a slam dunk. You know, he's got yeah. no variables to the best of my knowledge changing around him. I think he's, you get the rushing production or the rushing volume, I should say, uh, that you would get like from a Derrick Henry, but you get the four three, four or five targets per game without mm. cook that you don't get from Derrick Henry. I just think he's kind of like the best of both worlds. And if Dalvin cooks receiving production is going to end up being, I don't, I don't know if close is the right word to what Saquon's going to put up this year. But again, we don't know. It's a big if on what Saquon's going to do uh, through the air. But yeah. if numbers end up being somewhat close. Then who's, who's rushing production. Do you want to bet on, you know, is it going to be Dalvin cook or is it going to be Saquon? Because for me, it's going to be uh, Saquon every time. Yeah, and I, oh, I think I'm sorry. I, I Dalvin Cook every time. I was like, there you go. I was going to say, I don't know, weird way to end uh, that argument. I was right? going to bring you back there. For a second. I, I, and I will say this, and maybe I was just, uh, and I, this happens, stuck in, stuck in dynasty gear for a second. Like Dalvin Cook is a guy that I'm selling for sure in dynasty and redraft leagues. Bring you know, putting it back in perspective, like. I do think, you know, Cook is definitely a top five guy. You can take him there. No problem. The, all the, everything that you said is spot on. Not a lot of, lot of competition there. A, a, a team that wants to run the ball quite a bit. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll def, I think we'll die. I know we will. I know we'll be diving into some of those early rankings, guys, because those are decisions that everyone's going to have to make right out of the gate. Those are tough decisions. So before I let you drive us into to the uh, bus here, couple, here's our boy, Andrew. He's in there. He put a question. He said, is NASCAR the worst sport ever? Andrew, you're canceled from the podcast. Get the hell oh, out. And then uh, and then no. G is in, G's back this week, too. Uh, said early bus prediction. Uh, prediction. This podcast, for not acknowledging his viewers, as G's in the chat, uh, throwing out nonsense. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's good stuff. This is the kind of thing you can chime in on uh, if you're watching on YouTube. And maybe you'll make the show like these two friends of ours, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, always love hearing from the Aussies. Uh, never, yes. never a dull moment with those guys. Uh, so where are we at here? I think that's that's probably enough of talking about uh, uh, Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley. At the end of the at the end of the season, 
it'll probably be a marginal difference in that pick, but who knows? Uh, again, it's just a risk tolerance thing for me mm-hmm. with why I'd, why I'd go Cook over Saquon, I guess. Yeah. But again, we're uh, we're not talking about the elite players. We're going to take it down a notch and talk about some of the players that we think have some bust potential this year. Uh, I had a little bit of a harder time putting together this list than I did our sleeper or our, was it a sleeper? Yeah, our sleeper yeah. list. Uh, those guys seem like a lot easier to pick out of a lineup than to go through and pick guys that you could come up with reasons of why they're not going to perform or they're not going to perform relative to their ADP. And maybe before we get into this, we should define what we're calling a bust. Because for me, that's not necessarily saying that a player is going to go out there and just poo-poo everywhere. Uh, a, a bust for me is he's just a player who's going to under underperform relative to what you thought he was going to do, relative to his expectations or his ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any individual player can have a good season and still be considered a bust if you took him two, three rounds too early. Yeah. Um, all that being said, Kyle, what do you say you get us kicked off here? Give me a player that you think is going to bust this season. And you know what? Tell me how sure you are uh, <laughs> on a scale of one to 10 that this player is going to bust. 10 being he is just, he's busted. All right. We got a bust meter now, apparently. Uh, I dig it. So this is this guy fits exactly to that definition that you just said. I think this is a running back that I think is going to have a good year. He's a guy that I'll definitely look to have on teams if the value is right. And right now, as an early second-round pick, the 11th running back off the board from Fantasy Pros ADP right now, it's Cam Akers. Uh, This is a guy that I really do think is in a great spot as far as he's in a good offense. We've seen this offense put up great running back numbers over the course of the last few years. Obviously, it seems so long ago, but Todd Gurley was a freaking fantasy stud in this same offense. Even last year, at times, it was a different name, which made it really difficult for fantasy owners. But Daryl Henderson uh, and even Akers towards the end of the year and Malcolm Brown, there was tons of production here uh, from all of these all these running backs. So if it's combined into one guy getting you know 80% of that production, I think he can have a, a very nice running back two season. I'm just not sure that I trust him as my RB1. And uh, so when I was taking a look, at where he falls right now in ADP. He's right behind Chubb, Zeke, and Aaron Jones. Those guys are a tier clear ahead of Cam Akers in my rankings. So now it's kind of like, okay, that there's that tier break, and Akers being that first guy is always going to make it seem, you know, not as sexy, right? Or or feel like you're gonna you stole him from your league. Then he's and he's just ahead of Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris. Those are running backs that I really like with a good amount of upside. Joe Mixon's right after him. Jake, I know you're built really high on Joe Mixon. Yeah. Uh, so those are just, again, those are running backs that are in that same tier and you usually want to get the last guy in the tier, not the first guy. So that kind of plays into the fact that the acres feel like a bust. But the thing that I, what the thing that I really don't like about acres is where he's going amongst the non running backs. He's going behind Kelsey Adams, Hill and, and Diggs which is fine, but he's going ahead of Nuke, Medcalf, A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson by like uh, quite a bit, you know, like, you know, eight to 10 picks. So I don't really, I, I like all of those guys over Cam Akers, including the running back. So for me, Akers is more of a round, you know, late round two selection. If I can do it, he's 15th in my running back rankings. So again, it's not that I hate him. Um, take a quick look back. It took a long time for Akers to get going. So kind of a refresher. Weeks 13 through 17, he missed one of those games, and he had two playoff games too. So six total games for Cam Akers. That's what we saw in his rookie season as far as getting the work. He totaled 133 rushing attempts for 561 yards. So 561 in six six games, solid. 
Absolutely. Three touchdowns in that span, 11 receptions, 11. That is not what you want from an RB1. You need 40-plus catches easily, right? And I don't know if Akers is going to be able to do that. Um, again, this is a guy that I love as an RB2, but he's take, been taken 11th overall. Also, too, when you look at those attempt numbers, that was with Jared Goff being injured. They had what Walford under center uh, in one of those games, started that playoff game with Matthew Stafford there. I think that the, McVay is going to feel like he can lean on that passing game just a little bit more. So I like Cam Akers, but I don't like him where his ADP is going. So that's why he is a bust for me in 2021. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, dude, you nailed it. Uh, Cam Akers is one of the names that I had written down here. And Stolen. Yep. We'll go, we'll go back to that comment I made before we got started here that this list was a little harder to put together than the sleeper list. So I thought we might have a little bit of crossover in this episode. So right off the bat uh, with Cam Akers, and I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. I can't I, – I have a very, very hard time trying to justify his ADP. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Memphis, Memphis is a Cam Akers guy. He t- Or he at least took him uh, – a, a, at a decent spot in our mock draft that we did. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't get it. And I'm a Cam Akers fan, just not at that price. Like I was real pumped up about him coming out of Florida State. I loved everything that we were seeing out of him. Um, there was all the hype that he was the guy who could still get the job done regardless <laughs> of performing in front of a piss poor offensive line. That was the big the big deal with Cam Akers coming into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did he show us? as a rookie that all of a sudden that we're going to give him, you know, that warrants RB one status. Uh, I'm looking this up here and I feel like it's gotta be wrong because I thought he was better than this, but eight fantasy points per game as a rookie. Yeah. The thing was his splits were crazy like that. I, where I, where I had kind of drew drew the line in the sand was week 13 was when he really started getting that big time production. So from then on and adding in the two playoff games, that's where those numbers came from that I was looking at. So six games, 561 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he just, there was the rotation there uh, was really annoying um, before then. And that, when acres finally started getting the workload um, in that second half of last season. But even if you pull his fantasy points per game from weeks 13 through 17, and I wish I could throw in those playoff games too, somehow, because that, yeah. that's bonus content. You don't find everywhere else, but yeah. I had to dig deep. I had to go to a second website for that shit. That so. matters. You're yeah. welcome. Uh, but it's, it, you pull his fantasy points per game from weeks 13 through 17 when he was getting, you know, 20 plus carries per game. It was like an insane volume. Like you would yes. you would pray that your RB1 gets that kind of volume. He was RB22 over that period of time. Is that that's I, I, again, I feel like I'm wrong saying that. Well, the, yeah, the thing the yeah. makers hype train was like through the roof around this time of the year and still going into this season. We're all about Cam Akers. He's going to be this big. He's the RB one now in Los Angeles. I mean, I I have trouble getting behind that. He's on this list for me, too. Few factor like the fa- a couple of factors that might play into that one. He missed one of those games. He missed week 16. So he took a zero. Uh, in that shot. So if it was total points, that could have played a factor. But also, too, um, dude, when guys are hitting come playoff time, weeks 13 through 17, now he missed championship game if you're doing it right. Uh, the guy was a freaking stud. So the, those players will always kind of get propped up a little bit extra um, as well. If you, it's, it's, it's laughable now, but if you remember, Derek, that, that was like a Derrick Henry special. The dude was like, you know, kind of mediocre yeah. and all of a sudden just blasted, you know, that, that last four or five weeks. And it just gives a little bit more hype when it hits at the very right time, which is great. You can't take it away from him. He did it. And Akers had a great playoff run too, um, getting a lot of work, but uh, in the NFL playoffs, but 
um, yeah, it definitely took him a long time to get going to beat out some guys that, you know, we pretty much not expecting much out of this year and any, in either in Miami with uh, Brown or Henderson as a threat to Cam Akers, but yet it took him almost the whole year to beat those guys out, took some injuries. And, uh, you know, so I just, when you look at it, bro, he's again, running back 11, you look at guys for me, like CEH is running back 16, but he's going uh, a whole believe, round behind a whole I round behind. that you made that point. That's a, that's, I made the exact note that you just said there. <laughs> I said, I have written here that you know, CEH going RB 16, 28th overall. I feel like I'd prefer the upside of CEH playing with the chiefs rather mm. than rolling the dice with cam Akers, especially at the, at the, at the chain, the difference in ADP. Mm-hmm. It the, and it's dangerous because if you if you take Acres in round two, you have your you have a running back. You know, it's solid, right? If you pass on Acres for a receiver, and this actually happened to, and it was around later, but it happened to you know he might have taken him in round three. Regardless, this happened to Jerry a couple weeks ago in our mock. Like he missed the running back tier. Like he was in round three, he went wide receiver in round two, and he missed out, and he had to reach on a running back, and he didn't like it, and we made fun of him, and it was hilarious. Uh, but that's kind of the chance you take. Like if, if you don't take your guy in round two, you got to hope for one of those guys in round three. And I, I think that there's a few names that I like there that I'd be okay. You know, when you look at Dobbins acres, uh, sorry, Dobbins, CEH and Swift, those guys all have similar ADP, um, outside the top 25. So hopefully those, you know, those bodies are there for you in round three. And then you can feel pretty good about taking an elite wide receiver over cam Akers in round two. So, um, I, I I thought I was a big fan of Cam Akers, but apparently I'm not compared to everybody else. But at this the SmackDown podcast, I think, is united on the fact that we don't love 15th overall running back 11 for Cam Akers heading into this year. Yep, right on, man. Let's uh, we'll we'll go to another uh, another running back that I have here as a potential bust. Actually, you know what? Why don't you just tell me, Kyle, who with a top five ADP is going to bust this year? Oh, top five ADP. And this is, this is your selection. I'm I trying to guess your selection. I would put money on it that I know who it is. Uh, it's got to be Alvin Kamara, right? <laughs> I, I, fi- I figured I might as well just rip the Band-Aid off, get this one out of the way right off the top. I am shocked that we're halfway through July now. And Alvin Kamara is still fourth overall, the fourth running back off the board, the, f- the fourth everyone off the board in Fantasy Pros ADP. Um, I, I don't understand, like I said before, with the whole uh, Dalvin Cook, Saquon thing, I don't understand why in the first round you wouldn't just take the layup and take someone that you're positive is going to produce elite numbers. And I know you can only be so positive. Fantasy football is a very unpredictable game. But... Uh, there's so many questions and variables surrounding Alvin Kamara this year. And he's a guy who his entire career, I don't want to say has leaned totally on his receiving production, but big time. I mean, his receiving production, that's what made him elite. That's what separated him from your middle tier running backs. The guys that you can get in the fourth round is that Alvin Kamara is going to go crazy and catch, uh, or what was that stupid number? He like had, had, like the same amount of targets three years in a row. 81 or, on the 81. Yeah, yeah that, that's the big number. <laughs> that might have been, re- yeah, re- that might have been receptions. Receptions. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, with Without Drew Brees quarterbacking this offense, the starting running back is going to see significantly less targets than he would than if Drew Brees was in the game. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. That is the, uh, the, the fact right there. 
Um, actually, and I pulled up a stat here from a former episode of the SmackDown. I could have, I knew I referenced this before, uh, but I went the whole way back to 2013. It's the furthest Fantasy Pros allows you to go back. And for the past eight seasons, nearly a decade, Drew Brees and the Saints have finished top four in total running back targets every single season, often finishing in either first or second. Uh, so that that right there, just showing the impact that that makes, especially fantasy wise for a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it makes you wonder, man, like if Alvin Kamara would have landed anywhere else or rather if someone else would have landed with the Saints and had that, you know, cakewalk situation where, you know, Drew Brees is just dumping the ball off nonstop. Um, I'm not going to deny that Alvin Kamara has got a crazy set of receiving skills and that he's a great running back. I just don't think that he's an elite running back without Drew Brees. Do we even know where the Saints quarterback battle even currently stands right now? It's It's been pretty quiet. You know, you see all these videos on Twitter of Jameis Winston doing drills and some guy slapping him with an oven mitt or something. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, for fancy purposes, we all hope to God that it's it's not Taysom Hill. Tell, tell me this, Kyle. How do you eat a W with an oven mitt on? I have no idea. So I don't know how many W's they'll be eating in New Orleans this year, but maybe that's their hope. Maybe they were looking for their quarterback in the 2022 class. I don't know, but... I'm with you, man. I was surprised to see Kamara at four. Um, he's in that group. Like for me, he's still top seven, but he's seventh um, for yeah, me. Um, like sure. I, I just, I think that he's, you know, I, I don't want to just say he's not going to catch anything. Like he's going to drop down like Nick Chubb level of receptions. You know, they should find good teams will find ways to get, you know, players the ball, but no, but the only way yeah. that he can possibly be RB four is if Drew Brees is targeting him a hundred times. And we yeah. all know that's not going to happen. If if Taysom Hill is the guy, then it's tragic for Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara, right? If Jameis Winston is, again, quote-unquote, the guy, mm-hmm. he's still not Drew Brees. It's not as terrible, but he's yeah. still not Drew Brees, no matter how you look at it, no matter who you want hype, hype, you know, to hypothesize ends up getting the job. And Which, for the record, I, I do still stand by. I think it's kind of like... Jameis's job we see a lot of Taysom Hill this season you know mm-hmm. you know tell me how much you want to be an Alvin Kamara owner this season when uh the, the Saints make it their new thing every time they get into the red zone they bring Taysom Hill on the field yeah, or, yeah. a su- super realistic reality you know what I'm saying and the quick hook I mean that's the thing I'm worried about as a jam yeah. like because that's something you can't predict right if they if they decide they're going to make a quarterback change, you know, you can adapt to that. But what I'm worried about with the Saints is that they go a little hot hand from time to time and they play Taysom Hill more than you'd expect. And there's literally nothing you can do at that point. So, yeah, I uh, I figured I would put money on Kamara being on your list. That's a you tough said- name to throw out there because he's been a freaking stud. But at fourth overall, I think he's a I think he's a first rounder, but I think he's a back end of the first rounder for me. Um, not top five pick. Can you explain to me why Joe Mixon can't? be just as productive for fantasy purposes as Alvin Kamara this year. Can you come up with one reason why that should not happen? Because I can't. I, I would love if I would love uh, maybe if you threw out the idea of Austin Eckler, which sure. I think you have in or the Austin past. Eckler or Aaron Jones. <laughs> Najee yeah. Harris could finish the season with more fantasy points than Alvin Kamara, and I would not bat an eye. It's yeah. it's it's just it's very it's such a reality that's right there that the idea of taking him in the first round just sends chills up my spine. The idea of just wrecking my entire roster by taking a chance on Alvin Kamara when there's no ceiling to be had anymore. 
yeah, definitely it's uh, the upside is is kept for sure. And uh, I know I won't own him if he sticks around that top five ADP. So I'll let somebody else play that out. And uh, the thing that's going to be that's going to be tough, even from a dynasty perspective, not to bring it all the way back there, but like you're going to see maybe one year of this and then we're going to have to try to figure it out next year all over again. There's going to be unknowns, you know, and and it's just uh, it stinks because the dude was such a stud for a long time. I still think he can be an RB one, but I'm not sure he's top five running back anymore. All right, Kyle, why don't you dazzle us here? Give us another player that you think might bust. And don't you dare take the guy I'm going to bring up next. <laughs> I got a couple of running backs here. I didn't want to go with like Melvin Gordon. Every, every show for eternity will say Melvin Gordon this year. Um, but these, I got two more running backs on this on this list. I got a few more guys, but two more running backs. And I think that these guys will might be popular bust picks. Yeah, I've got um, one. I, got, I definitely have one on my list, but go ahead. Uh, the first one on my list, because he's just his ADP is a little bit higher, 29th overall running back 17, Josh Jacobs uh, going in the third round. This is a guy that he was he was good last year. And and again, don't get me wrong. I He is inside my top 24. This is a guy we'll draft at the right price. Round three sure as hell ain't that area for me. Um, you know, last year, Jacobs was a stud. He finished his RB8, RB11 in points per game. He was third in the NFL with 273 attempts. That's awesome. 12 rushing touchdowns. Those are numbers you want. Give me, give me that, right? The problem is the dude had 33 receptions uh, in 15 games. And with Kenny and Drake coming in, uh, I think that Jacobs can still be up there as far as attempts. I think he will be in the top, you know, five to six in attempts. That's just what he's done over the course of his career. Um, he had 26 more attempts than fourth place in the league. I mean, that was, it was a, it was a good chunk. Um, for Josh Jacobs, but with only 53 career receptions, this is something that he just has not done over the course of his career is catch passes. Uh, we're all still holding our breath, waiting for that first Josh Jacobs touchdown reception uh, heading into year three. So I just, you know, he's just not a guy that I want to spend that pick on. You know, he's been solid his first two years. I think he can still be a running back too. Um, and he might finish higher, you know, than, you know, he might finish here running back 15, 17. And I don't think that's out of the realm at all, but I want to, I don't want to pass on guys that I think have more upside right now. He is going slightly ahead of Deandre Swift. He's also still going ahead of Miles Sanders and Chris Carson. And while I don't love those guys a ton more, I would take all of them over Josh Jacobs. It's tough to say running backs are going to be a bust because of just the value wise. But when you're still looking at round three, there's just a lot more receivers. I like uh, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, McLaurin, a Rob, I'm taking all those guys over Josh Jacobs in the third round, and he's going ahead of all of them right now. So, uh, I the last note I put on here, and I mentioned it was like he's never had a receiving touchdown. LOL. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the dude is just he's had 53 career receptions, career receptions. That's the number you want in a season, uh, you know, for a running back. And so the uh, the the carries will carry him uh, to be an RB two, but I'm not paying running back 17 price i'm not paying 29th overall um in half ppr so uh yeah josh jacobs for me is somebody that I, i'm not going to own at that value yeah so i'm looking here josh jacobs finished as rb8 last season which mm. all things considered and you know the amazing las vegas offense like that's pretty respectable yeah and i've always liked josh jacobs and i've always been in the camp of like you said if they could just get him the ball more in the air like this dude mm -hmm. could just be electric um, but I, it, I don't know what the deal is or who's pulling the strings right now in Las Vegas, man, but it doesn't make sense. This, this weird, the signing of Kenyon Drake didn't make any sense to me when it happened. 
And I don't know if I was in on Josh Jacobs before that move was made, but I could tell you as soon as I heard that Kenyon Drake was going to Vegas, I was out on both running backs. I didn't want either of them. Uh, and I was hoping the Drake for the Drake thing for me, I was like, okay, awesome. That's fine. Because now Jacobs will kind of slide back to where I will take him, but that didn't happen yet. Like if he would <laughs> no. be more in that, in the, like where James Robinson's going right now, about 45th overall miles Gaskin, just behind him and running backs. Like I'm good with that. Give me James, Rob- give me Josh Jacobs there. You know, if Kenny Drake can drag him down to that point, but that apparently has not happened. So unfortunately we're, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I would have to take Jacobs at like a tier where, I mean, I guess you kind of said it, Miles Gaskin. Like, I, I mean, I'd s- still want Kareem Hunt over him. Like, mm-hmm. the, I, the, that's the problem with Josh Jacobs. He's one of those guys, like I always say with Raheem Mostert, like he's not a special running back. He doesn't bring anything to the table for me. It's not like he's a crazy good receiver. I'm looking at his uh, workout metrics here now. Ran off just under a four seven. Uh, 40 the dude he's not fast he's not mm. big he didn't have necessarily great draft capital I think he was the first running back taken in 2019 but not until the end of the first round um, I think he's just a guy and I think Kenyon Drake is kind of just a guy but he's got he's a guy with receiving chops you know he's just got that other element that Josh Jacobs doesn't have uh, and Josh Jacobs is a guy who at you know, till this point in his career like the reason that he's been semi-valuable or uh, been a fantasy asset at all really has been his volume mm-hmm. john gruden feeds him the ball third you know he was third in carries last year 273 yes. for <laughs> john i said gruden. it <laughs> oh, sorry dude sorry didn't mean to shit all over your stat i did know that but <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible did you okay well listen this smart ass did you know he was second in red zone touches no i did not i did not Thank say you. that previously five minutes ago so yes Thank that is you. a new stat to the show playerprofiler.com but I I couldn't agree with you more I think the only reason maybe that I wouldn't I didn't pick Josh Jacobs on my list of bust candidates is because it was the low hanging fruit but I'm happy that you went out Kyle and snagged it Uh, you know yeah again I'll I'll just reiterate very much uh, out on Josh Jacobs this year his ADP would have to slide so low for me to even consider because what at what point is he even a utility in your roster like even if there's a bye week and I have to plug him in, I'm like, oh my, I hope he falls into the end zone, you I, know? I mean, he's, he's, he's found the, he's found the end zone on the ground plenty. I mean, that's, that's definitely, that's why I still feel comfortable with him. If I went with a tight end early or receivers early, like if he's my RB two, I don't hate it. If he's at the, you know, in round five, I'm, I'm still good with that because after him, you're going to get into these timeshares where like they're legit timeshares. Like if Jacobs is still going to get 250 attempts, I'm still good with him there, but it's, it's got to be almost two rounds later than where he's being taken right now. Cause he's going early third. Um, so it, it's just nowhere near where I'm considering him. Do you know, he was third in the league in carries last season. Oh, are you for real? <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Never mind. Uh, all right. We're going to keep it rolling. We're having some fun here. Uh, this is the guy that I thought you were going to steal. And I actually moved him a little bit up on my show sheet because I didn't want you to snag him before I did. Cause this Thank one to me, me this one to me stands out like a sore thumb as a guy whose ADP seems super inflated. And I don't know why, but it's Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's, oh, wide, okay. he's wide receiver 21 in ADP right now, 55th overall. And that ADP to me doesn't make any sense. It's it's marginal, but he's being taken just ahead of. And this is with uh, P, half PPR uh, ADP scoring. Uh, just ahead of Deontay Johnson, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, uh, Jamar Chase, what T. Higgins, 
<laughs> I, I don't understand it at That's all. That's a great find because I didn't even, I, he is not on my list, but I, uh, yeah, I definitely I mean, agree. That's, uh, Listen, Kyle, I I know that I overbid on Tyler Lockett on in our RSO league just a smidge. For those yeah. of you who don't know, I got caught up in a bidding war with Mister Month Eight over here, and <laughs> and I refused to back down until I had Tyler Lockett on my roster. So you know, for the next two years, <laughs> I've been rolling with Tyler Lockett. But uh, for for this season, I think wide receiver twenty one just seems silly. To be fair. Uh, Lockett did manage to finish as wide receiver nine sort of quietly last season, wide receiver 12 on a points per game basis. Uh, but it's always scary when you look back at someone's end of season stat line and it reads a thousand receiving yards and 10 touchdowns because the stat line like that just screams touchdown regression, which I think is a, uh, fair expectation from Lockett this season. And by the way, for those of you who may have forgotten, Tyler Lockett had an absolutely stupid ridiculous week seven where he embarrassed the Arizona defense to the tune of 15 receptions, 200 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns. If you had him on your team, you won that week. 15 <laughs> uh, Without that game. And you know, I'm not, you can't just wipe out a game from someone's, yeah. some, from someone's uh, end of season stat line, but I'm going to do it here on the fantasy football SmackDown without that game. His end of season stat line is something like 85 catches for 800 yards and seven touchdowns. He, the the splits he went as Russell Wilson went, which is you know really uh, so did, profound so did, of me uh, so to say that. Me. Yeah, I mean they these guys were studs of the, the front half of the year, and and uh, Lockett's kind of been that way, you know, as far as not being extremely consistent. Um, so I like Tyler Lockett. Don't get me wrong; if he's my wide receiver three, I'm I'm cool with it. But you're that's not wide receiver three territory right there. And going ahead of you know DJ Moore especially is the one who just jumps out like, what the hell are we doing? Um, yeah. you know, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, I got another running back. Can we take this thing? Yeah. Is it miles Sanders? No, it is not. Oh, I thought that was going to be like a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> well, you know, spoiler alert, but go ahead. <laughs> Mine's the other guy that I don't think will, uh, will return what he did last season. Him and Josh Jacobs are, you know, they came into the league the same year. Their numbers have actually been very, very close. Wow. Um, and it's RB four left from last year, Dave Montgomery. Uh, he's going as running back 21 right now in ADP, 38th overhaul overall. So just at the beginning of round four, Jacobs and Montgomery just feel very similar to me from the standpoint of I don't want to be taking those guys at their current ADP. I hope I took running backs the first couple of rounds where I can just pick off the wide receivers that are still kicking around in there. David Montgomery was fourth in the league in attempts last season. He was behind, I think, Josh Jacobs, who was third, I think. But you have to check me on that. Um this dude benefited greatly from the fact that the Bears are a horribly run organization with no backup plan at all because they lost Tariq Cohen after week three. And through those first three weeks, he, uh, Dave Montgomery had nine targets, six receptions, right? So that was an average of three uh, targets a game. Math. Uh, but after week four, he was averaging five targets a game, which led to a career-high 54 receptions for 438 yards through the air. Really solid. Again, tons of rushing production on the ground, 247 carries for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, right? But this, that doesn't even tell the entire story. Yes, he was heavily involved in the passing game for the first time without Tariq Cohen. But this dude ate at, at the end of the season, weeks 12 through 17, which was super valuable for fantasy teams as he brought home championships. Weeks one through nine, Dave Montgomery, nine games, averaged 10 and a half fantasy points and half PPR. Then weeks 12 through 17, the final six games of the season, 
This dude was a freaking monster. 23 and a half fantasy points per game. Here's why. He played the Green Bay Packers. They gave up the fifth most points to running backs. Then he played Detroit. They gave up the most. Houston Texans, they gave up the second most. Minnesota gave up the sixth most. Jacksonville, the third most. And then Green Bay, again, giving up the fifth most. So he didn't even play a team, weeks 12 through 17, that was outside the top six as far as giving up points to running backs. That's insanity. That schedule is freaking nuts. And Montgomery ate uh, in the fantasy championship week. So, um, again, similar to Jacobs, I'm taking all of the receivers that are in that range over over Dave Montgomery. So, given to me in you know round five, I'm good with it. But beginning of round four, no thank you. Dave Montgomery is going to be off my draft board at that price. So, there you have it. Could you imagine if it like wasn't a facade, if it wasn't all just fake, and this was like actually going to be the new David Montgomery? I mean, if I believed in that and I thought that was going to be a real thing, I'd be taking him much higher than his current ADP uh, currently suggests. Mm-hmm. 103, you, the, that late season stretch you were talking about, 103 yards, 72, 113, 146, 95, 69, and only one of those games he didn't score a touchdown. Uh, yeah, just just absolute madness. But you don't think there's even a a chance that that becomes a a reality? Is and is this just a thousand percent because of Tariq Cohen? I I think it is. You you look at what he well, did and the schedule. I I, you sh- I should say you make you make a great point there because I didn't even notice that this child's play lineup that he had coming <laughs> down the stretch. I I think a lot of it is the fact that he took that step because he was heavily involved in the passing game. Fifty four receptions is great. That's phenomenal. If he was going to be around fifty receptions, Montgomery can be you know a top fifteen running back again. But I think with Cohen back and the fact that they you know they brought in uh, Damian Williams, he's familiar with this offense. Uh, I, I think that they should go in with a so a little bit of a better plan rather than last year where it was legit Montgomery and Cohen. And, and if you remember back to the thing that made it even more hilarious that they didn't have a backup plan for when Cohen went down was that Montgomery got injured in the preseason. He wasn't even 100% to start the year, but they still were like, ah, screw it. And then he ended up being you know ready to go and they gave him his full workload from the get. But I mean, Jesus, they couldn't find anything. They brought in Lamar Miller for God's sakes. That's how desperate this team was. So um yeah, I think that uh, Montgomery for me is a guy that, you know, I just I don't want to be counting on him as a starting running back and to take him in the at 38th overall is just not something that I plan on doing that. You just you you deal let future use deal with that problem. Take your wide receiver there and move on. All right, I want to bring up another player here. I, I know I said I was going to talk about Miles Sanders, but I'm going to skip him here because there's a player that I don't want to be rushed on here at the end of our show because I think he has extreme quote-unquote, bust potential. By the way, the fantasy football smackdown defines bust in <laughs> fantasy football. Uh, oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't download a drum roll. That's ridiculous. Come uh, on, Jake. Justin Jefferson, man. Listen. Justin listen. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Wide receiver eight, 24 overall. I think everyone's just a, a little excited over what we saw in his rookie year. Um. And and so here's here's where we're gonna get started. Here, you put your hands down. I'm gonna have the floor here for a second. Okay. I I was curious. I looked up the best rookie wide receiver seasons of all time, and this I can't remember what website I found this on. So I don't know how credible it is. But per- Percy Harvin, and then after that, Eddie Brown, Sammy White, Chris Collinsworth, John Jefferson, Bob Hayes, Billy Houghton, uh, Bill Gorman, Anquan Bolden, Randy Moss. But 
So how many of those names went on to put on stellar numbers their entire career? How how many of them ended up being household names? Like three of them. I'm just and and I'm not saying that that's any reason that Justin Jefferson's going to go out there and shit the bed this year. I don't think he's going to go out there and shit the bed. I think he's going to put up a great season. But I think a lot of people go in and they watch this guy's rookie year and he puts up 1400 yards and then subconsciously in the back of their head they're like, "Okay, that's his floor now because he's a rookie." You know what I'm saying? Now he's going to take that next that second year jump and he's going to just catapult into this new stratosphere of wide receivers. And I think it's a lot more likely that he, I mean, he, he comes short of that 1400 yards. Maybe you end up getting a boost in touchdowns to make up for it. Um, But I, I just have a, such a hard time justifying that ADP. He had two games last season that accounted for 341 yards of that 1400 yard season. Those two games, you know, we want to talk about schedules, Kyle, those two games against Tennessee where he put up 175 yards and the Atlanta Falcons where he put up 160. <laughs> the free space of the, <laughs> the NFL. <laughs> the free space of the wide receiver world. Yes. John, uh, not Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson. Uh, uh, he torched the Falcons, man. And, and, Again, I, I can't take away from it because it happened, right? He went out there as a rookie. He dominated on these NFL defenses, but 340 of his 1,400 yards, they, they came in two games. Um, I think he garners a little bit more attention from defenses this season than he did as a rookie, um, and he just he struggles a little bit to produce at the same rate that he was uh, in, in 2020. Like I was saying, as far as uh, taking that jump with your second year. Like that's something I expect from a guy like CD lamb, right? Cause mm-hmm. one of the reasons what a rookie wide receiver sees that big jump in production in their second year, it's not only you get that year of NFL experience under your belt, but you see an increase in uh, playing time and field time and snap share. Um, and Justin Jefferson was already playing 86.4% of snaps as a rookie, which is like super high for a rookie wide receiver. And it showed on the stat sheet, right? But for reference, C.D. Lamb saw 68% snap share in, in 2020, which I think we can expect to increase significantly. Thus, his numbers increase significantly. But it's not going to be uh, much of the same, I don't think, with Justin Jefferson. Um, all that being said, I, I don't want this to come off as Jake the Justin Jefferson hater. Um, I, I think this just goes back to and I referenced this a couple times this show, but the way that I approach drafts mm. in that I want as many can't miss, won't miss players in the first one to four rounds. Mm. Um, I don't want there to be that much variance where I have to look back on my sheet when it's all said and done. Like, oh, this roster could be stellar if Justin Jefferson hits 1,400 yards again. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. For the first four to five rounds, I want to take very little risk. So guys like, Keenan Allen, who are going after Justin Jefferson. I think he's more of a slam dunk uh, in that Chargers offense. Um, oh, boy. I wrote down Michael Thomas's name, but we're getting a little dicey there. Uh, yeah. What What do you think here? I, I know you like Justin Jefferson. I, did I talk you down a little bit? Like, he's ranked wide receiver eight, like maybe wide receiver nine, I, ten. I think he's like wide receiver five or six in my rankings, if, oh. I, if I remember right. So, like, did you? Yeah. Uh-huh. They're really, except, my, they're really on my side today, aren't they? You made my you made the case for me, like yeah, Keenan Allen, but like, my, are you taking Michael Thomas over Justin Jefferson? Like, there's just there's not enough guys uh, that I I think are in that same tier as Jefferson. So right now he's kind of going at the end of that tier for me. So I I think he's fine right where he's at. Um, I would take him. 
ahead of maybe one other guy in this list. So, you know, he's yeah, again, he's in the top eight for me easily. That's a tear break for me. I'm good with Jefferson right there. If you think 1400 yards is his floor, you're wrong. Um, but I don't believe in Adam Thielen uh, duplicating his touchdown production. So I think Jefferson can get from seven touchdowns to nine or more. Um, and he's going to be the alpha in this, in this uh, Vikings offense. So that's why I like him. But um, I got another, re- I got, I got two more receivers. I'll make these. So uh, how many more do you got, Jake? I have one receiver and one running back. You can right, just cool. roll through whatever you want to hit, and I'll do the same. All right, I'll I will we'll kick it back and forth one more time. Uh, but I'll go. So I'll drop one here. Yeah. Another receiver. He had a great year. You mentioned the Tyler Lockett stat line: a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. Like that's scary, right? Uh, how about a thousand yards and thirteen touchdowns? Because that that that's what Mike Evans did last year on just seventy receptions. The dude finished as a wide receiver one, tenth overall, thirteenth in points per game but he ranked 25th among receivers and targets behind some of the sexy names like Marvin Jones, Jerry Judy, and Russell Gage by one. Um, but uh, Mike Evans is not a target monster. He's been a touchdown guy over the course of his career. But the reason I'm not taking him at his current ADP, which is wide receiver 13 uh, off the board, 39th overall, one spot behind David Montgomery, is just the wildly inconsistent Mike Evans that we saw last year. And 13 touchdowns is great, but I don't, I don't want to be banking on the touchdown production. And that's exactly what you had to do last season in his 16 regular season games and his playoff games, because I always go for those playoff stats just for a little extra sample size, 13 of those 20 games. He had, he had under 60 yards receiving That's scary. Uh, and then in half of those games, he had three or less catches also scary. Uh, so I just, I like Mike Evans as a lower end wide receiver too. He's going as a high end wide receiver too in ADP. I would take both Rams wide receivers, both Cowboys wide receivers and DJ Moore clearly easily ahead of Mike Evans. They're all going behind him. Um, I'll throw in this little bonus thing just to give the, all the whole story. Yep. Mike Evans was actually better with Antonio Brown. Weirdly enough, uh, is that in the first eight games without Antonio Brown, he had, uh, just under 400 yards on 46 targets, averaged 11 and a half fancy points per game. Then the eight games in the regular season with AB, uh, he had 10 more receptions, almost double the yardage numbers, and averaged almost 15 fancy points per game. So first eight games with AB, around 12 fancy points per game. Last eight games, 15 fancy points per game. So uh, the yardage numbers definitely bumped up with AB in the lineup, but again, 13 of 20 games under 60 yards that gives you very very little floor and if those touchdown numbers come back down to earth i'm not loving it so mike evans is just a little too pricey for me early round four not going to be on many of my rosters either in 2021 so jake what's your thoughts on evans mike evans is a great selection i feel the same way about chris godwin and we might have brought this up on last week's episode the week prior but just antonio brown being there i think it's going to be a thorn in the side type thing the entire season for owning any tampa bay buccaneers wide receiver because every single week any given week one of them is going to pop off you know they're not going to evenly distribute across those three one of them is going to go off for over 102 touchdowns and if that guy is not mike evans then there's a good chance that mike evans stat line reads two receptions 10 yards and that that's all you got. And that's uh that's not what you want from a guy that you're taking in the fourth round. So love that selection. My friend, I dropped a little spoiler a little earlier. So um, I'm just going to go with miles Sanders here. RB 19 33 overall um, Sa- Sanders. 
like my my uh my interest in Sanders kind of drops a little bit it seems every season like it's a shame <laughs> because I'm I'm a Sanders I was a Sanders guy when he came into the league I like mm-hmm. Miles Sanders as a talent and I can't even sit here and argue that his ADP is like completely egregious because it's honestly kind of reasonable I mean RB 19 33 overall but Miles Sanders is just a guy who's got he's another one of those guys who's got so many variables around him that I believe he's got real bust potential uh, in 2021, the Eagles have a new head coach this season. The Eagles have a new offensive coordinator this season. We don't know any better than the next guy, how Nick Sirianni intends to run Miles Sanders in Philadelphia uh, in that backfield. Uh, but what we do know is this new coaching staff re-signed Boston Scott, right? They went yep. out and they signed on Johnson. Then they went out and they drafted Kenny Gainwell in the fifth round, which doesn't seem super threatening if you're one of those guys who really weighs into draft capital, but Kenny Gainwell, dude, is a stud. Um, a little context on him. He opted out of the 2020 season, but last time he was on the field for Memphis. In, Memphis. in, in, <laughs> in 2019, he ran for just under 1,500 yards and 16 total touchdowns. And that's in addition to 50 catches for 600 yards. Uh, I, I'm not going to plant my flag on Kenny Gainwell to the point that I'm going to say he's a better running back than Miles Sanders, but I think we do need to at least acknowledge uh, that there's a real threat in that backfield, especially as it pertains to receiving production for Sanders. Sanders was second in the league uh, among running backs in drops last season, and Kenny Gainwell is one of, if not the best receiving backs uh, in the 2021 class, even like early in the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it the pre-draft process. Cause I mean, I'm talking probably a year ago today when I was started doing some research, I was getting into a Debbie league and I'm looking at some of these guys. I mean, they were talking about Kenny Gainwell as one of the top three running backs of this class before he opted out. So just because he got taken in the fifth round, doesn't mean he's anything to be walked over. I think that he's, uh, he's going to be a real threat to do something in year one in that backfield. And that's enough to make me worried among the coaching changes and the, you know, for all intents and purposes, rookie quarterback in that offense. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Sanders? Yeah, I I think Sanders is like, yeah, he's a guy that I don't think has as much upside. He, when you're talking about a fifth round rookie, that's not a, like, a, that's not a Denver situation, right? We're like, oh boy, they drafted somebody to come take this over. But that doesn't mean that it won't impact Sanders' fancy value. At running back 19, I think that's about right. Um but it's just where amongst players. So it just gets into that sticky part where if like, if you're not okay with miles Sanders as you're running back too, um, then you need to pay up for one of those other guys and just live with the wide receivers that are there. If you go wide receiver early, you could be staring down miles Sanders as your RB two, um, sitting there in late round three. And you know, that's just uh that's not ideal for me either. I, I'd rather have him a little bit later, but unfortunately you kind of have to take the, dart throw at running back there because they're just going to get worse from then on. So I don't uh, disagree that I, that he won't return that value, but uh, you got to protect yourself with an earlier selection at your running back too. If you don't want to be staring down Miles Sanders in that Philly situation. And speaking of Philly, uh, I'm going to stick with a Philadelphia oh, wide receiver. I, I did it too. Uh, that was my last one. What a great way to end the show. <laughs> this was your last one. Yeah. Oh, is it, is it Devonta Smith? You bet it's Devonta oh, okay. Smith. It ain't Jalen Rager. I was oh uh, nailed it. All right, good deal. So we we started and ended this show with a little bit of overlap here, and it feels weird because when you're saying a bust that he's going at wide receiver fortieth overall, a hundred or sorry, wide receiver forty, 
103rd overall, mid-round nine. Like, it seems like, okay, who gives a shit? It's almost a double-digit rounds. But I'll give you my stats. for the, the one that really jumped out to me was the fact of, like, I'm not sure how much production this team is going to have. Jalen Hurts had four starts. He's averaged completions. I don't give a crap about attempts when the dude only completes 43% of his passes, right? So I went by completions. Hertz averaged 17.25 completions per game in his four starts. Obviously, small sample size, but that's what we got. So I went ahead and took all the quarterbacks from the league last year that had at least 150 total pass attempts and did their average completions per game. And Hertz would have only been ahead of two quarterbacks. Those quarterbacks' names are Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. That's it. That's the list. And that's why we love Jalen Hurts because Duke can run. But he, are we drafting any Patriots for our fantasy teams in round nine? Are we drafting any Baltimore Ravens for our fantasy teams in round nine that are pass catchers? No. So Devonta Smith to me is just too rich. He's going a whole round ahead, at least minimum, ahead of Pittman, Chenault, uh, T.Y. Hilton, if you're going old man style, Michael Gallup, Mike Williams. Those are two guys we talked about last week. No reason to take the shot on Devonta Smith there. He starts dropping down draft boards. I'm, I'll, I can get back on board, but he's right now he's just going too early for me, even in the mid-round nine. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just crap on Philly a little bit here uh, oh, yeah. to wrap up the show. What, what do you got on Smith? Yeah, I'll take yet another angle on what you said on, on Devonta Smith bust 2021 here. Um, like I, I understand the more progressive fantasy football take with Devonta Smith is to be like, oh, size doesn't matter, and he's just his uh, his elite talent is gonna shine through. Uh, I would be the world's biggest liar if I didn't admit that his size has me super concerned. He checks in at like 166 pounds or something. You look at his frame and it's just bones. I mean, he's got like the super long arms to work with, yeah. and. It, you know, this this almost feels like Jalen Rager of last year. Like, I remember when Jalen Rager came onto the Eagles, I was like, oh, I love the athleticism. I love what that guy can do on the field. But something in the back of my head was like, ah, he's like kind of smaller, though. I don't know. But I was like, oh, nope, I'm not going to play into that stupid narrative. And then here I am. Uh, blame that on his size, if you will. But uh, I, I just get those same, those same vibes from Devontae Smith. It would be great if he proved me wrong. I'm rooting for him. Um, but like you said, and I made almost the same note that you did here. Why not take a shot on a guy that you mentioned last week and Michael Gallup who's going 35 picks later or Henry Ruggs, who's essentially the Devonta Smith of last <laughs> season, right? Yeah. Minus the crazy receiving statistics and Heisman trophy. Uh, but Ruggs is being taken four rounds later than Devonte Smith. And I feel like they both carry similar risk. Uh, problem is we've already been disappointed one year by Ruggs. He's gone out there and he's given us, you know, subpar production. Uh, but my last note, it, you know, as much as I lo do love to fanboy over Jalen Hurts on this show, the cold hard truth is that he is a complete wild card this season. Uh, we could be talking about Jalen Hurts as a top five quarterback around this time next year, or we could be talking about the quarterback that the Eagles drafted that's going to take his job in 2022. Um, and a lot could happen in between those two things so uh i guess a lot of that's gonna a lot of uh devonta smith's success and jalen rager alike is going to be contingent on just how this how, how things work out for for jalen hurts yeah it, it's definitely interesting man like when you look at it it's like that, that number stood out and it's four games and i wish there was more i wish we had more to go off of it's new coaching staff but if the dude's only throwing at 18 completing 18 passes a game i mean what does smith need i mean can he do it on four receptions because, I mean, that's not a lot. And uh, so hopefully we see it. You know, 
we, we want to see these guys succeed. But even at that price, man, I just I think there's just other guys that I would rather take late in drafts um, at the wide receiver position. So I'm glad we were on the same page there. We'll see what happens with them. But I mean, in that mock draft we did a couple weeks ago on sleeper, Smith went around like six, you know, so just like that rookie hype, I think is going to push him up higher, not lower when you're looking at his ADP as of right now. Devontae Smith, this ain't Alabama anymore. Uh, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, this ain't, 20, 2019, this ain't 2019 anymore. Alvin, I'll do you one better. Alvin Kamara, this ain't Christmas anymore. For you, you Kamara <laughs> truthers who are stuck on that glorious day. Yes. Uh, look, I reap the benefits of that beautiful Christmas too, but it's a new day. It's 2021. We got to turn the page, people. Alvin Kamara is going to be a bust. Kyle, why don't you get us out of here, man? Yeah, man. It was uh, good chatting football with you again. Thanks to everybody that came and watched the show live on YouTube. Uh, appreciate the comments. Uh, we, we'll be right back here next week with some breakouts. We're going to keep touching on these topics a bit. Then we'll roll into a mock draft before really kicking it off here in August uh, with all the positional breakdowns and really diving deep into all these positions. So looking forward to draft season, looking forward to hanging out with you guys. So give Jake a follow at JakeTakesFF. You can follow me at KyleMonth8. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and view if you like what you hear and the Warzone guys will be right back here tomorrow. I hear just a little tease. I hear they got a great new segment coming. I got a little bit of insider information there from my boy Memphis. So you got to stay subscribed and tuned in. Check out the Warzone guys tomorrow. We'll be back here next week. See ya. <laughs>